Welcome back to the Roadie Medic Podcast, the podcast about the people that make up the life of live events. I'm Dr. Aaron Castro, event medicine provider and host of the Roadie Medic Podcast. Thank you for offering your time to listen today, and thank you to my guests for being here. Today, our tour takes us to Jeddah, Saudi Arabia, to meet Arij Al-Matari, Sara Al-Wail, and Rana Fad, who this summer graduated as paramedics from King Saal bin Abdul Aziz University. This makes Arij, Sara, and Rana the first female paramedics to be trained in Saudi Arabia, and in a unique position to talk about mass gatherings, specifically the Hajj, having all worked there in 2019. So, for the next 30 minutes, let's hear from their perspectives. This is the story of the first batch. This is the story of Saudi Arabia's first female paramedics. And you're listening to it on the Rodi Medic Podcast. Guys, welcome, welcome today. Uh, thank you for your time. I really appreciate your involvement. Thank you so much. Thank you for offering us this great opportunity. Uh, we hope that uh, we will be the best of everyone's expectations, and uh, we're so glad to be here. What was your family's reaction when you said, I'm going to be a paramedic? Um, at the beginning, uh, they were not supportive. Mm-hmm. Only my sister was the only one she was supportive uh, uh, from the beginning. But now, no, things are getting better, and they, they, they changed. And they, now they are very supportive. And uh, the only thing that um, they worry about is night shift and the danger that I may uh, face in the future. Mm-hmm. But now, I, no, no, now, now everything is good. What was it like for you, yeah. Sarah, deciding to be a paramedic? What was, what was it like? At the beginning, I, I think for me, no, no one in my home, as I mentioned, in the medical field uh, mm-hmm. or in the... Uh, there is a direct contact with patients, um, but uh, the, 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 the whole decision about being in the medical field, mm-hmm. uh, uh, it was uh, uh, like I was, I was, I want to be in the medical field from the beginning, from uh, when I was in high school, but, uh, but I, 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 I haven't idea about what exactly the specialty that I want. Um, at that uh, second year uh, in college, uh, I read about many specialties, and I compared between them. I think uh, paramedic or EMS uh, program, as I mentioned, was uh, fit my personality, so mm-hmm. I chose it. Okay, and and Rana, um, if I can ask you, for the three of you um, doing this training, um, were you kind of mixed in with, with with the other classes, or how did it work? Other classes, uh, you mean? So was it um, all female classes or you mixed in? Uh, well, um, the people who teach uh, teaches us are um, mainly, you know, male. Yeah. We don't have female paramedics. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, mostly the classes are, you know, uh, only females, but we have mixed classes sometimes depending on the kind of class we have. Mm-hmm. And did you, with your peer group, are there any issues that come up on campus? Uh, yeah, uh, mostly our people are supportive there because, you know, we are all there in the medical field. Mm-hmm. So they all know, you know, that we have to work together. And yeah, to add to, to Rana, to add to yeah. Rana, 
that's what got us so um, comfortable in learning in our college because everyone is supporting. Uh, we have this supportive environment from the colleagues, from the instructors, from the dean. They're all uh, supportive, so that gets us more comfortable in learning. In terms of the training, is it something that the state funds for you guys, or do you have to, a bit like in the UK and America, do you have to pay and you know, from savings of your own? Um, no, uh, thanks for our government. Everything was funded by them. Um, the system here in Saudi Arabia is different uh, than other countries, I think. Sure. The bachelor degree uh, is always funded for all students. Mm -hmm. And I think this is a great thing because um, we, uh, we always feel that we are trusted by our country to do our best. And mm -hmm. this keeps us motivated all the time and focused. Um, um, but uh, um, we have also many scholarships for higher education. But there is uh, certain requirements to be accepted, um, so it's not for everyone. And also the same thing for our graduation project. It was funded by, uh, by, uh, by our medical uh, research center. Okay. And what is it about pre-hospital care that, that just uh, interests you the most? Uh, the pre-hospital... Uh, yeah, I think in the pre-hospital care is different than uh, than ER or in hospital because you know uh, you don't know uh, what what is the background of this patient or or the case or yeah maybe in the dispatch you you they give you a brief about the case um, but you don't know it's maybe completely different when you are up to the scene. Uh, this is like it's a good and bad thing at the same time. But uh, you have to deal with uh, each situation and whatever comes to you. Yeah, I, th I think I hear that with many of my colleagues. They say it's really the buzz, the challenge of the unknown, uh, being a detective, going there, finding out, working out the undifferentiated pathology, and then actually coming yeah. up with the treatment plan and doing something. Um, yeah, and making, uh, you have to make a decision sometime. And sometimes when you are after the scene, the scene is not safe, so you have to wait till the fire departments uh, come to, uh, to evacuate the scene or, or things like this. Um, can you talk to us about Hajj? Because not all of us may have a, a full understanding. What is Hajj? Where is Hajj? Um, and the kind of religious significance of it? Well, uh, first of all, Hajj is a very important uh, religious event for Muslims. Mm -hmm. It happens every year annually, and um, um, usually it, uh, it reaches up to 2 million people in one year, and uh, people come from uh, all around the world, from every country that has you know, Muslim people in it, and they come to our airport in Jeddah, and um, from there they go to Mecca and start their the implications to Jeddah is the population more than doubles. Yeah, well, uh, some people come to, you know, maybe um, Al Medina airport, but usually most majority come to Jeddah. So they have, you know, um, preparations ready for them when they come. And so um, you mentioned uh, for, for Jeddah itself that the pre-hospital uh, care is provided by two organizations you've got the EMS based around the university but then also you have the Red Crescent is that correct? Well uh, Red Crescent serve, 
serves mostly the whole country, the whole Saudi Arabia. Right. It's our main, you know, uh, EMS um, work. Uh, mm-hmm. But for our medical city, um, we have, uh, they have their own, you know, EMS uh, team. And you guys have been working uh, with that? Yeah, because our college is part, uh, part of uh, the medical city. Mm-hmm. What's the usual equipment makeup and staffing makeup of a team uh, within EMS or within Red Crescent? Well, usually it only contains two, two, two providers. Usually an, an uh, emergency specialist and an EMT. And sometimes they, they have a driver. Uh, and depending on the type of uh, the ambulance, it might be an advance. So it will have almost uh, all the equipment necessary for advanced um, procedures. And if it was a BLS ambulance, it will only have the basic equipment necessary for you know, so, basic treatment. So the advanced um, ambulance would have stuff for cardiac arrests um yeah yeah monitor maybe neonatal incubator and stuff like that right okay yeah they serve everyone whether they are like you know insurance uh, or not because it's free of charge service so they mostly treat everyone who calls 911 so it's basically a service for everyone so, so we're talking about uh, pre-hospital provision in, in Jeddah, uh, in Saudi Arabia. So there's, there's two providers, uh, Red Crescent, which is like the national ambulance service. And you also have um, the EMS, which is based around the university. Uh, we've talked about uh, the staffing models that is going on. So you have like a basic paramedic uh, ambulance and you have the advanced one, which would deal with cardiac arrest that will have uh, medications for um, serious emergencies. And we talked about the staffing. Then physically, geographically, where do those um, uh, ambulance stations, are they, are they quite separate? Are they quite far apart? And who coordinates the overall kind of picture of, you know, when, when someone calls 911, getting that dispatch, who's coordinating that? Um, it's the same 911 um, dispatch center. They uh, coordinate the calls and, you know, uh, provide them for the appropriate location of the um, Red Crescent station that is the nearest to the incident place. So they forward that call to that station and then that station will handle the case. Now, uh, Arij, can you take us through what it's like um, as a pilgrim coming into uh, Saudi Arabia for the first time uh, in terms of the kind of health aspects of going on on the Mm -hmm. pilgrimage? Okay, so Saudi Arabia is, uh, Saudi Arabia government put so much work in uh, Hajj because, like I said, it's one of the uh, largest mass gathering in the world. And um, you have to get, have this good picture. Um, they have actually health insurance to all the hospitals. They have a free um, uh, health um, um, health service. Mm-hmm. Um, and... Um, they actually been provided by EMS or by the hospitals um, uh, without like having debts or like in other countries. So there's no charge, there's no fee. You don't no, need to, no. It's a, f- yeah. a full free um, healthcare. Okay. And so when, when visitors come, often um, because of the risks of, of like, around having so many people in one place, um, mm-hmm. 
can you talk us through the preparedness that an individual might need to do from a health point of view? Well, um, there will be a huge demand since you are dealing with the millions of pilgrims. Mm-hmm. So you have to have a large number of ambulances, a large number of um, um, manpower, and the manpower has to be in a different um, um, training aspects. Like you have to have advanced teams, uh, basic teams to approach to different uh, cases. And Saudi Arabia government has put so much work into it. Uh, but I think it's about the different authorities that how to... Um, establish this uh, um, this service into Hajj. Mm-hmm. So now if someone's um, unwell during the pilgrimage, what's, what's the process for getting help to that person? The process uh, to get help? So mm. um, they usually are um, um, security guards in every like uh, one kilometer and um, also um, an AMS station. So if anything happens, they will contact with each other so they can approach the patient easily. So once you've got onto scene, mm-hmm. how are you going to kind of um, retrieve the patient? What are the kind of decisions that are going through the provider's mind at that point? Uh, so the process is the same as the daily. Uh, two providers uh, will, uh, will go to the call mm-hmm. and uh, uh, do the proper treatment for this patient. Uh, if the if if the patient is um, and and the call and the nearest station uh, will uh, go to uh, treat this patient, um, as as uh, as we said that there there are uh, some problem in coordination uh, with the agencies and reaching to the patient by the ambulance, so um, if the if the providers are able to uh, reach the patient, they will uh, take uh, the patient and transport uh, him to the hospital. Mm-hmm. Or if, um, if there is like cardiac arrest or something like that and they can uh, do their management, mm-hmm. they will do it in the scene. So it depends on the situation and also in the case of the patient, there are many factors, you know, but if the patient is like in the in the in 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 a tent or far from them, they cannot reach to uh, to to him or her. They uh, they will maybe go by the stretcher or or things like that. I've seen sort of photos of the Hajj and just so many people um, all moving in one direction. And if I guess if you are trying to take a patient the other way, um, it brings up into it the logistics. Um, it brings into things like whether you've got the skills on scene to see and treat and, and discharge on scene rather than having to, you know, get through those crowds. Can you tell us about with the Hajj, um, there are some types of illnesses that might you might see more often. Um, we talked about um, earlier, we, we were just talking before we recorded, we're talking about things like vaccines, uh, vaccination program, um, how the weather plays a part um, and um, the kind of communicable illnesses plus the non-communicable illnesses can we just spend a bit of time talking about that uh, like we said uh, pilgrim when they come uh, some countries provide their um, vaccine uh, vaccinations for them in their own country then they come to us yeah and some uh, we give them the vaccines here at um, the airport when they arrive uh, mostly it's uh, the basic uh, vaccines like influenza meningitis 
and MMR. So uh, after that, uh, after we shake them, they will go to Mecca. Mm-hmm. And uh, for the most uh, common, you know, uh, diseases that uh, we see in Hajj, it depends on the weather. So uh, if the weather was uh, hot and the most of the cases you will see will be, you know, heat strokes and exhaustion and dehydration uh, and diabetic foot, you know. Uh, but if the weather was rainy and cold, usually are, you know, respiratory diseases like asthma and stuff like that. Arij, you, you were doing some research last year during the Hajj looking at the EMS in terms of the staffing and training that's, mm-hmm. that's there currently, but also what, where, where EMS could go in the future. What did you learn from your work there? Well, I'm going to be fully honest. Uh, what I have seen in my teammates where we have seen that there are a lot of areas need to improve. Mm-hmm. Um, especially if you are complaining of the lack of manpower and you have a female, graduate female paramedic, you're not hiring with you. Mm-hmm. That's kind of, uh, yeah, because they are complaining a lot. Like, uh, we don't have a manpower, we don't have female paramedics. There's a lot of cases we need a uh, female paramedic in there, but we are waiting for that, uh, for that time. And also, um, uh, like um, like I said, um, um, there are a, um, a number, a decent amount of number of providers, but they all have the same um, education level. Mm-hmm. They are all diplomas, so that put them in a place where they have a limited uh, scope of practice. They can um, do advanced procedure to a patient. And um, there should be a good coordination between the hospital care and the pre-hospital care. Uh, the pre-hospital care is to provide the patient care rather than transport him to the hospital and cause overcrowding. And exactly. in Hajj, it's a huge demand on the hospital. So EMS should be helpful in this time. But what we have saw and we have um, faced that there, um, there is not enough um, uh, treat and release plan. Treat and release plan means that you transport the patient at uh, three, um Re, uh, me, treat the patient on uh, scene rather than transport him. Sure, sure. Well, I think, you know, I'm an outsider and maybe not my position to talk on this, but I will. Um, the role of the female paramedic seems uh, essential. If you're going to be sensitive to, you know, certain presentations um, in, mm. around women's health, whether it's things like miscarriage, during labour, um, where, where it would make sense to have, um, you know, the option of having a female paramedic. And, and to utilize that if you have the skills there. Yeah, because in, in terms also in Hajj, and it's a religious event, and you know, like in our religion, uh, women wear hijab and being conservative. So they wouldn't allow a man to treat them mm-hmm. in, in terms of um, like a private um, uh, cases. So that's the, the problem they faced. So, um, and I think it's... Um, it's a wake-up call for them. You guys are setting the trend now. Um, you know, female paramedics exist in Saudi Arabia, and I guess it's maybe training more and deploying them more uh, with ex- expanding the role. Is that what you're kind of hoping for? Yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah. I think one of one of our goals for all of us as female paramedic is women empowerment in the pre-hospital care setting, mm-hmm. and of course we are able to provide. 
a high quality patient care. You know, gender discrimination is a huge topic in that. And I think all the, the excuses that they, they, they are saying about is, I think it's not uh, true. And uh, as a trio now, um, what are you going to be, are you going to be mentoring other uh, future batches that are coming through? Uh, I don't know, actually, but we hope so. Uh, is, there, is there a plan for a second batch uh, of paramedics to come through? Oh, yeah, we do have a second batch, and we also have a third batch now. They're currently studying. So, so maybe a, a two years' time, we've tripled the numbers. Yeah, yeah of course. Yeah. That's good. Um, so if we can just spend the last 10 minutes um, just discussing uh, society, I guess, um, if we can go there. Um, do you think female paramedics are accepted in Saudi society at this point? Well, they had this stigma before, and I'm talking about like 30 years uh, ago. They had this stigma where men should provide and women should stay, uh, should stay in their homes and be a house um, stay home moms and take care of the children. But um, since our King uh, Salman and his son, the crown prince, um, uh, Hamad bin Salman, when they put the Saudi vision, which is by the 20, uh, by the year of 2013, women should be uh, empowered in all different fields. Mm -hmm. uh, the people start to accept the, uh, the fact that we need women in all certain fields and especially in the medical field. And uh, there's no, nothing against uh, being uh, a female paramedic. And that's what helps us, you know, like through this journey that everyone is supporting. And of course, you're going to have these people who are against that, but uh, majority of people are so supporting and they are um, accepting the fact that we uh, need to be in the part of the Saudi at Crescent as a pre-hospital care providers. Sure. So that's, that's a national role for, for female paramedics to work alongside uh, the male counterparts to deliver care yeah. to the population yeah. that's out there that needs caring, isn't it? Uh -huh. Yeah. Uh, can one of you just tell us about um, the changes to um, the female role in Saudi society from sort of 2011 getting the vote? Um, lots of uh, things happened in the last few years, like, like major changes. Uh, one of them is, uh, you know, uh, women's driving. Mm -hmm. uh, women didn't, uh, were not allowed to drive before, so now we do. And it was a really big challenge for everyone in this country to see, you know, women driving. It was a very new thing to them. So, but when they saw us driving and everyone, like, outside, they knew that it was um, okay to see women driving everywhere and none of the problems they assumed will happen, happen. Nothing mm -hmm. happened and it was very normal thing. And many things happen also, like um, females are working everywhere now yeah. in shops and hospitals and offices. One of the leaders of the Saudi Stock Exchange, she's female. You've got um, women rising up through yeah. Saudi banking yeah. industry as well. Yeah. Yeah, I was saying that the whole new movement was led by, by um, uh, King Hamad bin Salman. I think he believes um, 
of the importance of women empowerment in all fields, not only the medical field. Mm-hmm. So um, it was like the, the beginning starts uh, uh, from him, and everything uh, uh, is changing now. Um, for the for the for in every in everything, but for the woman, um, I think um, things are getting better. Better, yeah. Um, well, guys, thank you so much for your time. It's been enlightening to hear about your personal um, journey with being becoming paramedics and also how EMS are responding to, to mass gatherings of the Hajj. Um, is there anything that uh, you'd like to share? We just want to say that this is just the beginning. Uh, everyone here is uh, trying their best to uh, get involved in this uh, specialty. Um, we're trying our best to do the best we can in this uh, field. You know, um, raise awareness that we we as females can do so much more than, you know, uh, what they expect of us. And we hope to see the uh, more female paramedic in the future. Thank you, guys. Your credit to, to your families, uh, your credit to each other, and the rest of the pre-hospital family as well. Um, so globally, uh, we, uh, we wish you well. I wish you well. Um, and it would be, be great to see, you know, um, how this develops. Um, this is not just about us as individuals doing careers that we find engaging. This is actually about providing the best care in the most appropriate way, I think, to the individual that needs that care. Yeah. 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 Well, I think we have said what we want to say. And uh, thank you so much for reaching out to us and giving this uh, such an amazing opportunity. And we're such a, we are feeling such an honor to be here with you. Thank you so much. Thank Thank you. you. And so we're coming to the end of the podcast. But as my guest just said, this is just the beginning. And thank you all to all 144 listeners that are out there at the moment. UK, Australia, Jersey, United States, Saudi Arabia, Brazil, India, the two out in India. Thank you, you two. And thank you to the one in Canada uh, and the one in Germany music you can hear in the background is that of gold ray psychedelic rock band from the uk and they are coming out with a new album and this is one of their new singles how do you know and i thought it's fitting to just slot it in right now because uh, in a couple of days time we'll be interviewing them on the roadie medic podcast so get ready to get into the mind of the touring artist it's the roadie medic podcast and the next stop is gold ray Hi, I'm Sam from Reflex Medical and we're really pleased to be working in association with the Roadie Medic. We're your complete one-stop shop for pre-hospital care equipment, from bandages to defibrillators and everything in between. Our range is continually expanding and is comprised of some of the leading brands in the pre-hospital arena. We only sell equipment we would be happy using in our own event medical work as we know our customers deserve the best. We can supply bespoke and fully kitted bags and can offer leasing or hire options to help you get started. Contact us today on hello at reflexmedical.co.uk or give us a call on 0800 862 0344.
Get 10% off everything in our range when you use the code RODIMEDIC at checkout at reflexmedical.co.uk. There's no minimum order and delivery is free when you spend £20 or more.